Hi there, this is Paula Jones and this is Autistic Women Working, the weekly podcast for newly diagnosed autistic women who want to learn to thrive in a world that's not designed for you and me. Hi there, this is Paula and welcome to Autistic Women Working, where we talk all things autism, working and adulting. And this week I want to talk about being autistic and being stressed. So there's so much to unpack about being stressed and being autistic. And I've had a few stressful experiences over the last couple of weeks, most of which I'm not going to go into because you know, private life and all that. But one thing I have learned is it's fairly dangerous to have an opinion on social media. And when you have an opinion on social media, it invites people to come out and feel free to call you whatever they like. The number of times I've been called a retard on social media, if I had a pound for every time I've been called a retard, I would be so rich by now. People are so, so brave when they're behind the keyboards, aren't they? And one of these particular people decided that they would jump into my DMs and and further denigrate me. Now, luckily for me, I don't really care that much what people think of me. And this person tried to correct me on a number of things. So I just replied, thank you so much for that because you matter so much to me and then block them. But, you know, we do get to a point where stress takes us over. We can get to the point where it can lead us to meltdown, shutdown, etc. I want to go through a few things with you on managing stress because it can get to be too much. And it's knowing how to play to your strengths rather than give in to the things that other people think and the things that other people other people say and there's one thing that I think is well worth you trying out and it's called the Clifton Strengths Profiler where it lists your top 24 strengths and it's really easy to find online you can do either the free version or if you want to get into it a little bit more you could do the paid version but the Clifton Strengths profiler lists your top 24 strengths now this doesn't mean that ones at the bottom mean that you're rubbish at these things at the bottom so for example the top five for me um, include humor and compassion and the lowest include love and you know i'm happily married i've been married for 16 years this year love my hobby to bits So obviously I'm doing something right there. It's a really great tool to understand where your strengths lie and to learn to play to your strengths rather than worrying about what your weaknesses are. Because we spend too much time worrying about what our weaknesses are, particularly as autistic people. As autistic people, we are quite capable of thriving. Those people that call us the retards or don't don't wind up the tard as somebody put it, they're so ignorant. They know nothing about us. They know nothing about what we're capable of. 
we are extraordinary creative people who just happen to have a developmental disability so we have a higher level of stress than the neurotypical population we have problems with social communication you know so we can't do the social small talk thing and we have problems with procrastination prioritization we have challenges with daily living tasks so like I might have mentioned before, my kitchen's cupboards have post-it notes saying, Paula, there's food in here. And yet I'm working on a master's degree. And above all, we have a tendency to self-blame. So with that tendency to self-blame comes all sorts of recriminations. And recriminations we can do without. Go find the VIA 24 Character Strengths questionnaire and fill it out. And go and see what you're really good at. And your lower level strengths, something that's very useful to do is to go and look at how you can use those lower level strengths in a brand new way. Looking at love, for example, which is one of my lower level strengths. How can I use that? So I can use that by bringing new people into my life, by allowing myself to be more open at university, be more involved in my course, being more involved in groups, because by now I'm a year into my course, they all know me, so I've developed a rapport with people, so I can use that strength of love a little bit better and allow myself to open up a bit more and be open to other people. There you go. But there is a real interplay between stress and autism, genetics and it's our neurology and our amygdala, the centre for all of our emotions and all of that. It's supposed to act as our temperature regulator for our emotions. And it seems that there's a difficulty with the link between our amygdala and our emotions and understanding what our emotions are. And if that's not functioning properly for us, then at work we're going to experience all sorts of difficulties, particularly with things like sensory sensitivity. So our environment is going to cause us high levels of stress, usually related to heightened sensory sensitivity. There's a study that's just been done that states that the eyes of autistic people, our pupils dilate more slowly than people who are not autistic. I'm living proof of this. I was diagnosed with photophobia when I was a child, not meaning that I'm scared of the sun, but that was the name that they gave it when I was a little girl, uh, when I was two years old, and my pupils dilate very, very slowly. I am in the British Medical Journal somewhere or other, um, because one of the doctors did a study on me, but I've always worn sunglasses or prescription sunglasses or reactive reactor light sunglasses since I was a child. Um, another great reason to get the piss taken out of you as, as a kid is as if I wasn't weird enough. Our sensitivities are really, really overwhelming. There are all sorts of things that are particularly distressing for us and we need a sort of plan to help us manage these things. So knowing what our strengths are is part of this. And also knowing where our sensory difficulties lie is really important. So... For me, my trigger points, I know what my trigger points are. So my trigger points are overly entitled people, people who 
don't allow you to have an opinion on the internet. Their opinion is the only one that matters. You know, you can't have a reasoned discussion. So it's don't trigger the tard. Flat out rudeness, that really triggers me. Tactile experiences, so things like labels and clothes that feel like razor blades. Certain smells are going to really make me gag. Too much perfume when people are testing perfumes in shops. People shouting. And people shouting or talking very loudly quite close to me. Now, I'm only 4 foot 11. So if somebody who's, you know, half a foot taller than me is walking past me and talking loudly, the noise goes downwards right into my ear. And I will involuntarily go, out. The person that's talking will go, well, it's not that loud. Okay, I know you don't understand I'm autistic. And I know you don't understand that was involuntary. But... It did hurt, I couldn't help it, and we'd have to have this entire conversation about how I'm autistic, how this affects me, how your slightly raised voice hurts, and how we are completely incompatible, and it's all a big mess, and blah. But write down what your triggers are, because if you write them down, then you're slightly ahead of the game. You know, artificial lighting that buzzes drives me insane. So write down what your triggers are. That's two bits of homework for you. Go and do your strengths and then write down what your triggers are. Emotions can be catching as well. Have you ever noticed that? That we get very tuned into the feelings of the people around us and especially at work in an office environment if something seems to be wrong we will catch it. We will catch that emotion and then we'll think it's our fault. So you need to be aware of that because that causes really undue stress. Throughout any given day, there's a real risk of being contaminated by emotions that have been brought on by some situation that's got nothing to do with you. So be mindful of it. Make notes about it if you have to, but just be really mindful of it. Autism is a really different thinking style. So we perceive things differently, we relate differently, we think differently, we learn differently. This means that we might be interested in discovering patterns in things. And when we think we can see patterns in things, a lot of the time this can lead us to kind of superstitious thinking as well, or unrelated thinking. So if we see patterns in numbers or patterns in strings of letters, that kind of thing, you know, it might make us good code breakers or good programmers or that kind of thing. But it can also lead us to errors in thinking, x always equals y, when it might not always equals y. It can lead us down a particular path that is completely inappropriate. We can become completely distressed and unduly anxious if a mistake's made that can't be easily fixed. Because again, we think we've noticed a pattern and it's become our fault. We are particularly rigid in the way that we think. So we're very inflexible. We have a one-track mind. Now, in some cases, that's great. My dad always used to say to me, you're like a dog with a bone, you won't let something go. And he meant that in a complimentary way because I'm determined and I won't let anything stop me from getting where I want to be. And that's great. That's a great quality to have. But it's also a difficult quality to have because 
that one-track mind thinking means that we can't let things go. So notice it when it's a strength and notice it when it's landing you in hot water. Because of our rigid thinking, then that means that we can have real trouble when our schedule changes and when something new occurs in the world. And it can be so difficult to adapt to change. Stress and anxiety can increase the core characteristics of autism. So our repetitive ritualistic behaviour can become more and more pronounced. So that needing to watch that same show over and over again when we're feeling particularly stressed becomes more pronounced. I've been watching the same true crime podcast over and over again recently because I've been through some stressful situations and because it blocks anxious thoughts it makes me feel safe but it's something that I can only admit to under the safety of my own podcast or in front of my husband who knows me thoroughly and is also on the spectrum himself. Common triggers for anxiety are disruptions to our routines being expected to behave in a certain way but not knowing how because there's no handbook is there nobody gives us any handbook at birth everybody else seems to know the rules straight away but we don't having change imposed when we're not ready for it having to wait or having to hurry up the thing my husband used to say to me was we needed to leave 10 minutes ago and that used to drive me insane so I've just asked him, can you stop saying that or don't tell me when we've only got 10 minutes for me to get ready, but tell me when we need to leave the house so I know how long I've got to get ready. And that strategy works. And things like choices as well, they can stress us out. So I don't respond to what do you want for dinner? Because... I have no idea what I want for dinner. But if I'm given a choice of, do you want Indian food or do you want pizza? I will say, I would like Indian food, please. Because that's really easy. That's one choice with two options. Really straightforward. We always live in this fear of making mistakes at work or being considered stupid or incompetent by management or or our colleagues. When you get that, Paula, could you just come and see me for five minutes from your manager? See, this is why I work for myself. I can't cope with that. I am my manager, so that's all good. So we're in this state of fight or flight all the time when we're at work. This need for perfection. Your adrenal glands are generally overstimulated. Your mind's generally pessimistic. And what your body and mind both need is to be in a state of homeostasis or rest and digest. There are a few things that you can do for this. One nice thing that you could do is the progressive muscle relaxation. I sometimes do this with my clients when they first come to me for hypnotherapy if they've never been hypnotised before. It's literally a progressive muscle relaxation or some people like to refer to it as a body scan where you go from head to toe and just relax all of your muscles. And if you find relaxing them is difficult... Try tensing them first and then letting them go. Focus on your toes, tense them up and let them go. Then arch your feet, tense them up and let them go and so on until you get to the top of your head. And that's a nice way of becoming aware, being in your body like we talked about last week. 
but also helping you to stop racing thoughts, getting that nice state of homeostasis. With all of this, what I want you to take away from this today is learning what your key strengths are and learning to play to your strengths because when you understand your strengths, it's so much easier to maintain a level of confidence and balance within the workplace. When you understand the way that you learn, that also helps you to adapt your workspace and your working day. If you understand what types of stresses or anxiety experience, do this by keeping a log of things that bothered you, then you'll understand what it is that it takes to fix these things. So you can do it by avoiding them, by changing parts of your environment, by speaking to people and asking them to talk to you slightly differently. So instead of asking me this question, could you ask me this question? Can I not sit under these lights? Can I have a lamp instead? I'm sitting right underneath the air conditioner. Could I move? Sometimes it's the tiniest of little things, but when we're exposed to them every day, they do blow up out of all proportion because we're exposed to them and our sensory capabilities are not wired for them. So understand what your stresses are. So understand your strengths and your challenges. Know your current levels of anxiety and stress. Understand any causes of stress at work. Know what your own signs of stress are as well, how it's going to build up, what it feels like inside your body. Make notes of them. Think about how you can manage them. And remember from last week, be in your body. Know that what you're thinking isn't always right. Your brain listens to any old rubbish. Be careful what you tell it. We don't have to listen to the people that tell us that we're less than. Because we're not. We're just different. I feel like I've been kind of all over the place with this one this week. I've had a lot to think about and a lot that I would like to get out. And you know how it is when it's hard to express what you want to say. But I hope you understand me. And until next time, peace. I'll see you guys. Bye.